I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hosting the So Money podcast for almost 10 years, I've been learning a lot about how to best serve you outside the show. I've begun to offer pop-up workshops and a So Money members club. And with each new line of business, a lot goes on behind every transaction. Stripe helps simplify and ease payments with tap to pay on iPhone, which helps me grow revenue and reach through accepting more in-person contactless payments when I'm out in real life promoting my programs. Tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe give me the ability to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup and no additional hardware required. And it's not just ideal for me. From local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe help businesses of all sizes accept contactless payments right from an iPhone. Whether your customers want to use their card, Apple Pay, or other digital wallet, now you can accept contactless payments right from an iPhone. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. So many episodes, 1600, Solving for the Child Care Crisis with Danielle Weisberg, co-founder of The Skin. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. What's happened, you know, as far as as auto workers, as far as entertainment strikes, there there is some leverage for labor and, and workforces right now. So if you fall into a place where you feel like you've got it, you know, go ahead. I think that this is something that is akin in my mind to building the new idea of a benefits package. Welcome to So Money, everybody. I'm Farnoosh Tarabi, December 4th, 2023. Quick announcement. If you would like to enter to win a free copy signed of A Healthy State of Panic, my new book, I have a link in our show notes, which sends you to a survey. I'm serving as many of you as possible to learn what you want to learn more from me in 2024. You fill out that really quick survey, enter your information at the bottom. I'll be selecting five audience members to receive a free copy of A Healthy State of Panic. So if you haven't gotten your copy yet or you want to gift one to a friend for the holidays, be sure to fill out the survey. Today's show is about solving for the childcare crisis. And our guest coming up is Danielle Weisberg, co-founder of The Skim. I don't have to tell you how serious this issue is, but get this, as many as 100,000 Americans have been forced to stay home from work each month because of childcare problems. That's the most recent data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. The economic toll is $122 billion every year in lost earnings, productivity, and revenue. The Skim has also done its own research on this. They recently issued a report called The State of Women, which examines the realities and the challenges that women face today with resources, primarily childcare. 
As a result of this, the skim also launched the hashtag show us your childcare campaign. It's an effort to inspire companies to show how they're supporting working parents. And our guest today, Danielle Weisberg, is co-founder of The Skim, which if you haven't heard of The Skim before, it's a woman-centric, mission-driven media company. She and her co-founder, Carly Zakin, launched The Skim more than a decade ago out of their shared apartment. We had them both on the show years ago talking about those beginnings. Today, the company has a finger pulse on millennial women. And Danielle is here to share some of the findings in the State of Women report. She's going to dive into the childcare crisis and how it's impacting families, specifically women workers. Stay tuned to learn about resources on how you can initiate or support a campaign at your job or encourage your employer to offer more benefits for families. And I'm curious to know, is 2024 a better year, a more strategic year than others to advocate for yourself for childcare at work? Here's Danielle Weisberg. Danielle Weisberg, welcome back to So Money. Uh, It's always nice to sit down with you. I admire you so much. Thank you so much. It's so nice to be here. It's nice to be with you. I feel like every time um, I hear your name, I know it's going to be an insightful and thoughtful conversation. So I really appreciate you having me on. And thank you and The Skim for all these years providing me with your platform. I've been invited many times to come and share financial insights. We've collaborated a bunch. And so now I want to invite you on to kind of catch up, first of all, because last time you and Carly Zakin, your co-founder, were on the show before the pandemic, I think, uh, we were discussing the journey to building The Skim when you two were both just working at the news desk at MSNBC, started the company with credit cards. And now, of course, The Skim is this massive digital media company. You've got so many platforms, newsletters, podcasts, campaigns. The Skim covers news, trends, policies, politics, so much that impacts women. You and your team have put together recently a very important report that has informed an entire campaign supporting women in the post-pandemic world. And we know, of course, during the pandemic, women suffered immensely and disproportionately. We were at the forefront of working and caregiving, taking care of maybe children and adults in our lives. And so let's start there. It's this, your report is called The State of Women. You and your team launched this earlier this year and have found some pretty vulnerable truths and challenges that women continue to face. Um, Even as they're moving back into the workforce, we're struggling with resources, childcare. What were some of the truths that you uncovered? Yeah. First of all, we started the business 11 years ago from our living room couch with about $2,000 saved up. And over a decade, the skim has become the go-to resource for this audience. And our audience, I like to say, they're in it, right? Like we are all about at the skim making it easier to live smarter for women who are in the thick of it. We're trying to navigate our careers. We're trying to figure out our financial health. We're thinking about or potentially having children. We are looking at some of those markers of adulthood, whether it is dealing with student loans, trying to buy a first house, thinking about how to save for a first car or a second car, all of these real life markers. And at the same time, so much has changed even since we started the company. When we look at this demographic of women, they are so impressive. They're leaning in so many ways. They're controlling householding and spending and purchasing decisions. And yet, They are not 
necessarily better off than their parents' generation. And there's something that feels very odd about that and very disconcerting when you think about she is tasked with taking care of her kids and her parents at the same life stage because her parents are living longer. And we are seeing that, you know, with that, it comes with extra care. And there really isn't a plan to help her through that. Um, So we anticipate her needs and we've been able to grow up with her. Uh, And what that means for us is that we're here to support this generational shift as people who have been there and have people who are going through it. And so getting to the State of Women report, I think we all know kind of like inherently that the state of women in this country is like not not good. Um, I think it's pretty safe <laughs> to say that without needing to do a report. What we had heard throughout the pandemic was anecdotally you know, this is a really hard time. And then when you look at the data, it was really about, you know, how women are doing compared to men, compared to other generations. So what we wanted to do, and we teamed up with Harris to do that, is really to understand where this audience of influential women who represent the key to their families, like, how how are they actually doing and what do they actually need? And what we found is it's really, it's it's something that you can't ignore. And so that was our goal with the study. And then with the campaign that we created was to basically say like, hey, this is a problem and it's not just a women's problem because it, it really has the ability to impact our economy and our workforce. So it is something that we need to make sure is known. And so specifically, you know, when we talk about pandemic, millions of women were first out of the workforce, right? Or they opted out because it was just way too much to try to support kids and parents and everything. And, you know, we're finding Finally, seeing that um, the numbers are coming back to pre-pandemic levels, right? So women are going back. Women with young children in the workforce is significantly higher than it's been. And that's fantastic. But I think as we talk through that, it's really important to think about what she is going to need to be able to stay there. And so that's what we talk about. We think about with the State of Women Report, what is she thinking? What is stressing her out? her health. She's feeling like she needs to take up a side hustle, really taking her initiative into her own hands. There's no longer kind of this sense that, you know, it's it's going to be on government or it's going to be on a partner or it's going to be on my company to figure something out for myself. And that is both kind of a, a real sense of like empowerment and also a sense of like, just this is where we are. Um, and I, I think that that, you know, what we struggle with is is trying to help with the path forward instead of getting bogged down in in where we're at. And frankly, it's not the skim's responsibility no. to come up with the path forward. Right. I mean, it's like, yeah, obviously the employers have to do this. And of course, kudos to the skim for bringing this to the forefront, not letting this be a quiet issue. Your campaign hashtag is show us your childcare. Yeah which is instrumental. You've partnered with Care.com, Etsy, Verizon, encouraging these really massive employers to show how they are supporting working parents and in doing so, hopefully putting pressure slash encouragement upon other employers to follow suit. What are, what are you seeing happening as a result of this campaign? 
So I think the first thing is to say that with these campaigns that we've done from the data, this is not about putting the onus on on one part, right? Like ideally, we would love to have a government that was coming in and, and helping us, but that hasn't been done from a Republican standpoint or a Democrat standpoint. So moving past that, it's kind of like, where can we look? And I also want to say, you know, our, our other path here is like CEOs and business owners. I know firsthand how hard it is right now um, to be running a, a business at a time of a lot of change. You know, we've seen strikes, we've seen labor shortages, we've seen inflation, like none of this is easy to figure out. So our role is to share, you know, what has worked, to share where you're at, not to shame, but to really make it more transparent. So we did team up with both Moms First to launch our, our Show Us Your Child Care initiative. And it's a call to the private sector to step up. And I say that with empathy. And I also say it as that's where we are, right? We need women to participate in this economy and the effect of them not doing so, especially when, and I want to stress this, the good news is that women are back in the workforce, right? COVID kind of forces out. It's been a bit, we're back. And so now how do we stay there and how do we afford childcare? And when I say afford childcare, I think what is sometimes misconstrued in that is we need affordable, accessible childcare, right? There might be childcare available, but there's a wait list or it's just out of um, the, especially with inflation, you know, we've seen childcare costs um, outpaced inflation by 30%. Like that is insane or the cost of living by 30%. And so these things need to go hand in hand. We need women to stay in the workforce if we want nice things like social security for all of us, which is already in question. And we also need women to be able to contribute to their savings accounts, right? The idea that this person is going to have to opt out of the workforce and it doesn't... In one way, yes, it affects their household in the moment, but it also has long-term reverberations for how are we then going to have to support that person and their family for those lost wages that they could have been saving. Um, So all of that is the reason why we got into it. And I think there's a broad spectrum of options employers can consider, right? Whether it's on-site child care centers, access to backup care, cash stipends to put um, towards child care costs, flexible work hours to accommodate caregiving. All of these things have different costs associated with it. And I think the big thing here is showing that as an employer, this is important to you, that you understand it is not just a women's issue that is key to supporting a healthy economy and supporting parents and families. And that I, I would hope that everyone would want to create, you know, this great solution. But the reality is that most of us can't afford, you know, what that A plus looks like. So let's start off by doing something and let's start off by talking about it, right? So we can see what's working and what's not working. That's why we asked our audience to continue to share what childcare looks like for them, to highlight why we need more companies to adopt care benefits 
And it's also why the Skim and Moms First launched the Show Us Your Child Care hashtag. We now have over 80 companies who have already joined us. Pinterest, Chobani, WW, Etsy, Verizon, DoorDash, Theory. And we've also, the phase two of this was to kick off our database internally that we started internally. It's, it's obviously being shared so that we can highlight It's a free public-facing database of the companies who have already joined us so that as you're looking for a potential new job, you don't have to necessarily ask. Or if you're going to your HR or human resources with a pitch, you can actually say, like, here are what other similarly sized companies have done. There's a model and there's actually a pitch deck, too, that we've given people and a worksheet because... Unfortunately, a lot of this is falling on the individual employees to go advocate. Um, And so we try to make that as easy as possible. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Did you know that I'm a podcast host and also a mind reader? Because I know that you want to grow your portfolio to deal with the rising costs of inflation, to pay off your debt or your mortgage. You want to attack pretty much anything standing in the way of you and your financial freedom, right? Well, here's one solution, more knowledge. This podcast helps, I hope. And you can use Yahoo Finance, where you can get access to the news, data, and tools that you need to help reach your definition of financial freedom. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. They're the number one finance destination, and I know because I worked there for many years, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, customizable charts, so much more. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. For the longest time, I dreaded buying bras. It was like shopping for jeans. Impossible. You want a bra that's sexy? You want a bra that's comfortable? You can't have both. Well, now you can, thanks to Third Love. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, the ick, the ugh, out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem or problem. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school. Get smoothing, you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made with premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. They even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with the code podcast15. 
The weather's getting warmer as I record. It's a nice 73 degrees on the East Coast. So finally, time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and fingers crossed hello to shorts and tees. And I need to update my wardrobe for the long haul. And you know, I don't want to spend a fortune. So luckily I found Quinn's. I'm honest. I've got a lineup of timeless pieces from Quinn's that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm talking premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karakul jewelry, and tons more. Best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. I have t-shirts from Quince, pajamas from Quince, my very chic and fashionable sister-in-law, Hannah, her whole closet is Quince. And people often stop us and ask, where did you get this? Don't tell me the price. And then when I do, they're shopping on Quince.com. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash so money for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so money to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so money. I thought this was interesting in your State of Women report is another thing is that the mental load that this generation of women is carrying exceeds previous generations. It's the number one issue that they're struggling with. Yeah. So how is that influencing the way that it's showing up in their financial lives, in their careers? What did you find? Is it, I know we're kind of getting back to pre-pandemic levels in terms of women employment, but what are we seeing in terms of how this mental load is affecting things like burnout? or needing to take time off? You know, I think that there is an exhaustion that we all feel. And I also think, you know, when we we talk about how do you quantify that mental load, we see it when it comes to anxiety, feelings of isolation, depression. All of these things are things that are kind of like regularly talked about for women in particularly in this stage of life. And it makes sense. And I speak to it from experience. Like there, there, it feels like there's a lot of pressure because there is a lot of pressure. And so what we seek to do is, is to make sure that you feel like you're not alone. We are all four women, um, in, in executive level positions, but from our state of women report, you know, the, the role that they feel like they are most akin to is a chief worry officer. Um, that anything that could go wrong is something that they are thinking of. How do you support yourself? How do you support um, members of your family? And I think that that takes a real toll on your mental health. And I think also that gets you to think about your financial health because the two, a lot of times, go hand in hand. Um, so we've seen that 87% of women have or want to create more sources of financial stability in their life. And along with what I said before, they're not waiting for someone to come in and like hand them a solution. They are taking action um, to make sure they're setting themselves up for the future. So we see 60% of women are taking on side hustles or advocating for promotions. One in five have started their own businesses or are considering do so. This is most notably true among Black women who were hit especially hard by pandemic job loss that we've talked about. 80% of them are taking on a second job or starting a side hustle. They are also 73 of them are investing in um furthering their education. I think all of that is great. I also think when we go back to the mental load, we've had heard stories of women who have used like their at work project management systems 
to use that in their families and telling their partners or their children, like, here's how we're managing the household going forward. And I love that. And I'm also a big fan of Eve Rodsky with the idea of fair play and how do you really diversify, not just between you and and a partner, but, you know, getting the whole family involved um, because it's just not, it's not sustainable to have this much be on, on one part of our economy. You mentioned that you have uh, resources for employees to help them navigate their companies and advocate for themselves and their families at work um, and hopefully get their companies to support them and provide new policies. Can you share some of those action items for people listening who are like, yes, I want to do this. I want to take the lead at my company or I want to be part of this movement at my company. And I want to encourage my boss, my employers to provide support. So I think the first move is get informed, right? We're the skim. We, we believe information is key to what you do. And clearly, you know, if you follow at the skim or sign up um, for the daily skim, uh, daily email newsletter, we definitely keep you involved on what's going on with the child care cliff, right? So there was um, actually the, since World War II, the biggest investment that we had in child care, which was during the pandemic, and it expired on September 30th. And since then, you know, it's it's forced a lot of childcare providers to close or to lose access to funding going forward. So it's putting really this time crunch on all of these women have come back to work um, and how can we get them to stay back? So I think this is the perfect time to advocate for yourself if this is what you need or this is what your families need in your workforce, because it's not just about you as the individual. It's about the entire employee base. And I can tell you as a uh, business owner, that's when it resonates. So use our, go to theskim.com. We have tools and resources there. Go to showusyourchildcare.org. And what we've put together is our hashtag showusyourchildcare database. Again, that's a free public-facing database of the companies who have joined us. And what you can do with that is is show you know your people team or your boss hey we're not alone right like these are all of these companies who are figuring it out and there's not an example of someone who is like cracked the code um, and gotten it completely right because our needs are changing. We're all getting back to new ways of working. But I think it does encourage more businesses to join the conversation. And that's really what we want. We also, again, have a pitch deck that is a step-by-step guide on how to advocate for childcare within your own organization. And then we have a worksheet, which is how to advocate for childcare at your work. So we'll do step-by-step. What do you need to prepare yourself for pitching that? What should the expectations be? And how do you present the research and the data to support it. We will certainly put those links in our show notes and make them accessible because you're right. I think there's nothing like showing your employer, hey, here's what our peers are doing. Um, I don't know if the skim has done any forecasting or looking ahead at 2024 in terms of things like employability, job availability. Do you think that there is room for more leverage in the new year for workers to want for things like this and ask for things like this from their employers? I think during the pandemic, it was a little easier because there was, we saw more job mobility, but of course now we've been hearing all about layoffs. And I don't know, I'm just curious, is 2024 the year to really push for this? Because maybe you do have some unique leverage. 
Well, I think it's it's two things, right? So we do see, depending on the industry that you're in, what's happened, you know, as far as as auto workers, as far as entertainment strikes, there there is some leverage for labor and, and workforces right now. So if you fall into a place where you feel like you've got it, you know, go ahead. I think that this is something that is akin in my mind to building the new idea of a benefits package. We need things like this to be able to stay in the workforce. Maybe if you are part of of an organization that is no longer in person, look at the commuting benefits. Like, is there a different way to allocate some of the benefits um, that you have previously given a workforce that can be better used in ways to support how you work today? And I think that's the message, right? That I I definitely understand. And I am not saying that this can be done by uh, putting unlimited dollars because it's just not there right now, right? We're in an environment where many companies are dealing with layoffs. I get it. So it is about starting the conversation and looking where you can. Is it about, you know, just accommodating flexible pickup and drop off schedules? Is it about providing backup care? We teamed up with Vivi to do that at the skim. And that's been something where we actually um, have a bank of hours in case your regular childcare is inaccessible that day. So I think it's starting with showing your intent, looking at your existing budget, looking at how your workforce has changed, um, and what do you need to do to support them. And, and I think also for employees, be a partner in that. Be a partner in trying to figure out what you can do with the existing pool you have or show the return of, okay, if, if we you know put in 2% more in this budget a year, that could take away from recruiting fees because we think it will have this impact on retention. And I think those are the arguments that you really have to have in order to make the case at the end of the day. Show the financial case. Yeah. Tell us about some of the SKIMS initiatives internally on this front and how you've been working with your own employees to create a more um, feasible work environment for parent employees. Yeah. So as I said, you know, we teamed up with Vivi to give access to a bank of childcare provider hours if, if your regular childcare is inaccessible. We definitely have hybrid and flexible work policies. We did increase our, our family leave plan as a result of our um, show us your family, show us your leave policy, which had a similar eye on using data around parental leave. And I can tell you as a working mom myself, the biggest thing that I appreciate about our workforce is that these are things that are openly discussed and talked about. And it is always a conversation about how we can best support each other. And that has looked different in different times. You know, when I think back to what our workforce looked like five days in person uh, before the pandemic, I find immense value in working together in the same place, in seeing each other. And at the same time, as someone who has two little kids and, you know, am lucky enough to have consistent childcare and be able to afford it, I still feel pulled. So how can we make sure to look at how we work, provide um, a uh, an understanding that there is going to be flexibility because everyone's going to need it at some point in time? Switching gears a little to the 2024 election year, I know the skim has done mm-hmm. a lot of work in previous years looking at the policy issues that women primarily care about. What is on, you think, women voters' minds in 2024? What are they going to be prioritizing as they head to the polls? 
You know, it's a great question, and I, I really can't wait to dive more into it. I think, um, as we saw in the midterms, clearly the Dobbs decision has had residual effects, um, and we've seen that at, at the state level. And I think that that is going to continue to be part of the conversation. You know, I also think that inflation is something that our audience, as I said, like they're trying to afford things like childcare, things like having a family. Um, And so as these things outpace what their cost of living is, I, I think that is certainly also going to be in the equation. Danielle Weisberg, thank you so much. Again, we'll put the links to all of the important resources you talked about in our show notes. Hope you have a great rest of your year and looking forward to more collaborations with The Skim in 2024. Arnish, thank you so much. Thanks so much to Danielle for joining us. Be sure to check our show notes. One, for the link to take the survey about what you want to learn more about in 2024 and how I can help you. At the end, be sure to leave your name and address if you'd like to enter to win a free copy of A Healthy State of Panic. And we've got all the links to those useful resources Danielle and her team have created at The Skim to help you convince your employers to support you and so many people and in the process probably make more money. You being able to stay at your job is not just good for you, it's good for everybody. Let's not forget that. I'll see you back here on Wednesday. I hope your day is so money. Hosting the So Money podcast for almost 10 years, I've been learning a lot about how to best serve you outside the show. I've begun to offer pop-up workshops and a So Money members club. And with each new line of business, a lot goes on behind every transaction. Stripe helps simplify and ease payments with tap to pay on iPhone, which helps me grow revenue and reach through accepting more in-person contactless payments when I'm out in real life promoting my programs. Tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe give me the ability to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup and no additional hardware required. And it's not just ideal for me. From local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe help businesses of all sizes accept contactless payments right from an iPhone. Whether your customers want to use their card, Apple Pay, or other digital wallet, now you can accept contactless payments right from an iPhone. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.